Action Network Podcast. 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 If you are even remotely a savage, you'll run these people over in a second. Welcome into the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. I'm your host, Brendan Glasheen. Today, UFC betting preview, UFC 288 going down from the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. Joined by Billy Ward, former MMA fighter, one of our great contributors at Action Network. We will get into his luck ratings, which he delivers each and every week for the UFC cards. Billy will uh, decipher whether or not there's an edge in terms of what the line presents for each fight. So we'll dive into that. You can find that at actionnetwork.com, Action Network app. And today, special guest filling in for Sean Zarillo, we have Action Network senior editor Dan Stupp with us today. Gents, as we normally do, Dan, I'm sure you know the drill from tuning into the pod and being with us at Action Network. We will decide who we like for underdogs. We'll get into props. We have the fight of the night, Burns and Muhammad. We'll break that one down, and then we'll finish up with quote-unquote best bets, which that's always a unique discussion on this show because we think every bet on UFC pod is a best bet. So, uh, But first, main event, Aljamain Sterling, Henry Cejudo, uh, very tight line here. Uh, Cejudo, Billy, is the favorite at minus 120. Sterling, the hometown kid, makes his return. He's from Uniondale, New Jersey. Uh, he's at minus 106 at FanDuel. Which way we lean in here? I know uh, Aljamain is not shy to be very outspoken, and he's very fired up to be back home. Yeah, this is a really fun fight. I know a lot of people have been kind of down on this pay-per-view, but I think this is a tremendous fight, very intriguing. Sterling is the current 135-pound champion. Henry Cejudo retired, in air quotes, three years ago as the champion, having never lost it. So, you know, we really have two guys who can make the rightful claim as the the lineal or the legitimate 135 pound champion but you know one of those guys has been out for three years and the other one has been active fighting you referenced the luck ratings a little bit earlier i think we could kind of make a case that both these guys have been a little bit lucky to have the record they have sterling won the 135 pound title with a disqualification against potter yan defended it with a very close split decision i thought it was the right call but you could certainly make a case that it wasn't and then his next title defense was against TJ Dillashaw, who came in with one arm and basically never stood a chance in that fight. Cejudo, on his side, he has a couple of real close split decisions in title fights, one at 125, 135. Again, nothing that I would say is a robbery or he didn't necessarily deserve to win, but it wouldn't have been a big leap to see him not winning either of those fights. So from a luck rating standpoint, I don't think there's a ton to split this one. So when we have close fights like this, I like to look at, and Zerlo and I discuss this most weeks, of the three facets of MMA, who's got an edge in two of them? And that's striking, wrestling, and then grappling once it gets to the ground. Sterling is so much bigger. He's got three inches of height, three and a half inches in reach. Looks like he might even be a lightweight. Like, it'll be really interesting to see how he makes the weight or how much longer he makes the weight. So I think that's more than enough to give him a striking advantage. Cejudo has some knockouts on his records, but they've really all been set up with the threat of the wrestling. He's not just coming out there and piecing people up with his striking. Cejudo, 2008, you know, gold medalist in wrestling, clearly the better wrestler. But I think Sterling's better once it gets to the ground. He has better submissions, excellent back takes. So that makes it tough for Cejudo because I don't know if he's going to want to take things to the ground. He certainly can, but whether it's work out for him once it gets there is a big question. And Cejudo's wrestling 
style, those guys expose their backs a lot when they're trying to get up, when they're trying to change positions. That's really tough against Sterling because he might have the best back takes in MMA. He, you know, backpacked Peter Jan for very large portions of both of their fights. That's just kind of his thing. So all things considered, if Cejudo was fresh and active and we knew he hadn't lost a step, I'd say this line is about right. It would be about a pick him. Mm-hmm. But we don't know any of those things. He could be a bit slower. He's 36. He hasn't fought in three years. He's small for the division. Whatever percent chance you apply to Cejudo being not his best self, that's roughly your edge, I think, in the Sterling side. So minus 111, I like him. Wish I would have got on when you could get a little bit better odds, but it's been bouncing around all week. So by the time you listen to this, you might get minus 105 or even money on Sterling. But I'm more than happy with it at minus 111. Okay, so many questions, Dan, surrounding this fight. Cejudo, uh, the age, the layoff, is Billy mapped out there? The other questions about uh, how can he uh, go up against Sterling and his his grappling technique, how do you break this one down, and where do you see an edge potentially? Yeah, no, I think Billy kind of sold me earlier in the week on on Sterling. I I think it's the right play here. I think even without the the layoff and the age and and other concerns we would have for Henry or Henry Cejuda, I I think Sterling's the right play here. Like you said, the 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 scrambles. I I think some of the submissions that Cejuda probably doesn't have a whole lot of experience with. Like you said, he's a Olympic gold medalist wrestler, Olympic gold medalist wrestler, but he, he's facing you know some really funky jujitsu that he probably hasn't experienced uh, a whole lot in his career. Um, you know, I, there's also a stat that's going around this week, and, and I've mentioned it a few times that when fighters are 35 or older, they're two and 28 in UFC title fights at 170 pounds or lighter, and I think that really just underscores that in these lighter divisions, like any, uh, you know, anything you start giving away with age, which is usually your chin and your speed and, and things like that, the, the younger guys are just going to capitalize on that. So, you know, I don't bet strictly on kind of the trends and stuff, but I think that's a really telling one. And the fact that both of those uh, victories, the two and 28 record were at 170, we really haven't seen the, you know, guy, the, the older guys uh, really excel in these lighter weight uh, title fights. So one more reason I thought I like Sterling in this fight. Yeah. And to your point with the lighter weight classes, just making weight is harder. The older you mm-hmm. get is, you know, most of us can attest to, it's just, it's harder to keep that weight off and all the damage you're doing to your body with those dehydrations. Everyone is a little bit harder than the last one. You take a guy like Cejudo who in 2008 was making weight time and time again for wrestling matches and then continued to do that for, essentially his whole life right he's been wrestling since a kid each one of those is a little bit harder and each one takes a little bit more out of you so that's another factor okay main event on pay-per-view looking forward to it sterling and cejudo very very short uh favorite in uh in cejudo so we'll find out if that as billy said keep an eye on the price it could change over the next 24 hours on to our favorite underdogs billy uh, a lot of close lines here as we said with this fight and that's kind of the, the theme for this card where are you finding uh value with the underdog this week yeah i don't really love any specific underdogs here i'm going to mention two real quick braxton smith is about 140 fighting parker porter i'm going to mention him with one of my props i also am going to have a little bit of a sprinkle on joseph holmes at plus 132 holmes is fighting claudio hiberio who's 0-1 in the UFC and looked great before he got to the UFC, but he was fighting a really, really low level of competition. So that doesn't mean he can't look good against better competition, but it means we haven't seen him do it yet. Holmes is 1-2 and two in the UFC, but you know he's beaten a UFC-level competitor at least once. Holmes is also much taller and longer and has the grappling advantage. 
I'm not sold on him. I don't think Holmes is a great fighter by any stretch, but to get plus money against a guy who's never won a fight in the UFC and isn't some huge prospect, I'll take a little little nibble at that one. Dan, underdog that you might like this week? Yeah, I'm pretty chalky this week, and and I'll probably be on a lot of uh, favorites and and prop bets. But one I and I, I I hate to say that I like this bet because I hate that I like this bet. But Crone Gracie versus uh, Charles Jordan, they open the um, pay per view main card. Uh, Gracie's coming off a three and a half year layoff, so of course I'm going to back him because that's uh, a very smart play. But honestly, he, he's older. He didn't look real great in his last fight. I, I think. Uh, maybe we're getting a bit of a discount on him just because he did look so terrible. But again, that was three and a half years ago. So maybe uh, we should put a little sum into it, but really he's a jujitsu guy and he's not just a Brazilian jujitsu black belt. He's kind of the the next level jujitsu black belt. He really, I think just needs to get to this, the, this fight to the ground once or twice. And against a guy like Jordan who has a takedown defense of less than 50%. I like his chances over 15 fights of, or over 15 minutes of getting this fight to the ground. Uh, you give him a, a limb, a neck. I, I think he's going to probably get the submission here. So him at plus 152 at FanDuel, I think you can get him via submission at plus 230. I like those bets. Get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario, new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from ensuance. Excludes Michigan, disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. On to the fight of the night, one fight that we have targeted on the, the main card. It's no surprise that we're we're targeting Gilbert Burns and Bilal Muhammad. Burns at minus 130, Muhammad plus 106. While Muhammad, Billy, has... Uh, his stock has risen uh, slightly here as of late, uh, and you write you map this out on your your lock ratings uh, right up again actionnetwork.com. You can find it uh, titled um, UFC 288 lock ratings at the top. You think Burns is slightly undervalued, and there's a chance here to wait on Burns. His striking, there are a lot of boxes he checks to, to have an edge in this fight. Yeah, this is a really tough one. I'm a huge fan of both these guys. This should very obviously be for the next welterweight title shot but that's not how the ufc works also they're making it a five-round fight despite it not being a title fight which honestly it's probably the biggest factor here this fight came together on just 12 days notice or maybe 13 i forget exactly when they announced it not a ton of time to prepare for a five-round fight you know 
Gilbert Burns, super high-level jiu-jitsu guy, as Dan mentioned with Kron Gracie, not just a black belt, like a multi-time world champion in jiu-jitsu. Bilal Muhammad, probably the better wrestler. Kind of comes down to the striking. I like the strides that Burns has made in his striking as of late. He's looked much better in that area. Traded to for you know blow for blow with Hamzat Chemaev, which was very impressive. Could have could have won that fight depending on how you judged it. And there's a bit of a narrative about Burns having cardio issues, which I get. You know I love to rag on Jiu-Jitsu guys for their cardio because they only do one round matches. So when they have to <laughs> come back out, it's a whole different world, you know. But with that said. This is Burns' third fight in 2023 already. Last one was yeah. just a month ago. That's a double-edged sword because if you're the kind of guy who stays in the gym, stays ready, having those fights back-to-back just means you're in better shape. He didn't take a ton of damage in either of them, you know, so he should be fairly good to go. But a lot of guys, you know, after a fight, they want to take a week or two off. And when you only fought a month ago, that means you haven't been training. I'm betting that Burns is in the former camp because he was the one asking for this fight, asking for it to be five rounds, all that. Right. Which makes me think he's going to have a conditioning edge here. So I'm going to bet him in rounds four or five or by decision at plus 200, which is, you know, one of my favorite bets on FanDuel when they give you those multiple round props. Obviously, it could also take Gilbert Burns live at any point in there if we get a better price than that. I'm not sure that we will. And then the other sneaky factor, Bilal Muhammad is, as you might guess, Muslim, Ramadan just ended early April. My guess is his training schedule is pretty disrupted. It's going to be a really hard weight cut for him because he didn't have anything on the books coming into this, hasn't fought since October. So if either of those factors mess him up a little bit and sap his cardio, that's another huge edge for Burns the later this one goes. Yeah, that's exactly what Burns said a few weeks back. And as you said, that was before they actually made the decision to make it a five-round fight. But he said, because now I can get a finish. Muhammad unbeaten. Dan has passed nine fights, making a strong case uh, for a title shot. But now if Burns can get that finish, he puts himself very much in that discussion. How do you break this one down and how do you want to bet it? I've lost a lot of money betting on Bilal Muhammad. So, of course, I'm probably <laughs> going to jump on the, the bandwagon at just the wrong time. But I, I actually like Muhammad here. I, I started the week really liking Burns, um, you know, uh, like Billy was saying, just being in camp and doing the five round fights. But I, I'm starting to think maybe that could work against him, just kind of being at that fight ready state for such a, a long period this year. I just feel like eventually there's going to be a, a dump. Um, and, and I think maybe he's overestimating um, how or, or underestimating uh, the cardio Muhammad's going to bring into this. I, I think he's going to probably be in good shape. I think he probably remained in good shape. I, I think he's fought through Ramadan before, so I'm not real concerned about that. I think the big difference here, I, I, I think uh, he's going to be good with the takedown defense early. And I think Burns is going to use a lot of energy on that. Um, I, I know Billy kind of liked uh, Burns in rounds uh, four or five or decision. I actually like the flip side of that. I like Muhammad to, to kind of uh, start to wear down Burns early, kind of with the takedown defense, maybe pepper him with some shots and, and uh, eventually uh, start to take over. So I like him in four or five, uh, round four or five in decision. And I wish it was plus 200 like uh, Billy's bet, but at plus 170, I, I'm really happy with that bet. All right, fascinating with the uh, the Ramadan angle too is is very interesting. And it's, it's tough with stuff like that because you don't really know. Like he could have been training at night and staying on his diet and all that stuff, or he could have been taking it easy and just like burned. So both of those are clearly double edged swords. And with both with you know the bets that we've given out collectively, the smartest play might just be to take lay the juice on the over since we both think this one's going to go late. <laughs> 
Let's explore the prop market over at FanDuel. Tons to find when it comes to UFC. Billy, where did you find an edge in the prop market potentially? Yeah, this is, you know, almost to prop squad levels of juice. I'm looking <laughs> at Braxton Smith by first round KO at plus 340. His topology is really weird. He made his pro debut in 2014, lost to Chase Sherman. Crickets for eight years. Just disappears, doesn't fight, who knows what he's doing. Comes back in 2022, five straight first round victories in the last like 11 months. I think all of them were even within all of them knockouts. I think all were in within like three minutes or something crazy like that. So he's fighting Parker Porter three and three in the UFC, all three of Parker Porter's losses first round, you know, Parker Porter's kind of this big plotting heavyweight wears you down with volume. I, I think this is either going to be Braxton Smith finishes him pretty much right away or Porter outlasts him down the stretch. So if you wanted to hedge this one, Parker Porter live after round one, if he manages to survive, I think is a great angle as well. But we've got one guy with one way to win, fighting someone who only has one way to lose historically, and you can get plus 340 on it. So love that one. Dan, favorite prop for UFC 288? I've got a a pair of them from the prelims. I had mentioned I was kind of chalky this card. Um, So I was looking for... uh, Props that maybe would uh, get a little closer to even if I were lucky. Uh, I like Kennedy Zajuku against Devin Clark in the prelims. Uh, he's minus 190, but inside the distance, he's plus 110. Um, I, I think if he's going to win this, it's probably going to be versus uh, uh, knockout. We've just seen uh, Devin Clark really inconsistent, and I think um, his stock's a little high coming off a win. And then also Chaos Williams. Uh, he's fighting uh, Badeo, a, a guy who just really isn't USC caliber. Uh, Chaos is minus 310. I think that makes sense. He should be a big favorite. It. But him to win by KOs only minus 120. I think that's his most likely path to victory. So while a minus 120 prop bet probably isn't the sexiest thing, I, I, I actually think there's a ton of value there. So I like Chaos Williams via KO and, and Zajuku inside the distance. All right. As we normally do, we wrap with our best bets. Say, so as I like to say, it's our last bet. Yeah, our <laughs> last bet. That's good. Now, sometimes Zorilla will say, I feel really good about this one. I actually did make it my best bet. So he would go, he would give that caveat. Your final bet today, Billy, for UFC 288. Yeah, I think, you know, 5149, this probably is my best bet on the card. And that's Drew Dober by knockout at minus 110. He's fighting Matt Frivola. They call him the steamroller. These guys have no interest in defense. They have very limited interest in grappling. They just want to stand, throw heavy punches, see who falls first. But Drew Dober, much to my amazement when I broke down this fight at the Action Network, has never been knocked out in the UFC. I thought for sure at some point somebody would have caught him because he just slugs and slugs. But, you know, the chin has held up to this point. Frivola has two quick knockout losses and seemingly gets hurt in every single fight. Like, he's been dropped multiple times in fights he ended up winning. Dober's athleticism and power is just too much where you can afford to play that game and get clipped and expect to come back and win. So... Drew Dober, knockout, minus 110. This one's almost certainly going to be a knockout. And when we got two guys playing Rock'em Sock'em Robots, I want the one with the better chin. All right, Dan, take us home. Your best bet. We're, we're coming from the the cut from the same cloth. I actually like Dober here, too. I, I'm cool with him on the money line, just in case this somehow turns into a wrestling fest and, and things slow down. But uh, Dober via KO, uh, pretty much even money. I will take that all day. I, I like I Billy broke it down perfectly. But I think even if Frivola goes in there not expecting to, to have this slugfest, uh, a guy like Dober is going to be able to goad him into it. The crowd and, and Jer- Jersey is going to crowd him into or goad him into a, a bit of a firefight. So uh, Dober via KO, Billy and I in agreement. I love that bet. 
All right, gents. Great stuff. Thank you very much. Again, you can find Billy Ward's luck ratings for UFC 288 over on actionnetwork.com in the Action Network app. And he titles this one, The Undervalued Fighter to Bet Before It's Too Late. <laughs> oh. that, that, one, that one's gone. Sorry, guys. <laughs> what you a headline. Though. Vote on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, still great headline. So if you, but for the other fights that are applicable. Um, you can check that out. Dan Stupp, Action Network Senior Editor. Thanks for filling in today for Zerillo. We appreciate it. No problem. My pleasure. And we'll still have all of Sean's uh, pre-fight stuff on Action Network, so check that out. Very good. All right, that's it. Thank you very much, folks. Enjoy it. Enjoy the prelims. Of course, the main card. Uh, we've got the weigh-in coming up on the video side as well, so check that out if you need more UFC content. For Billy Ward, Dan Stupp, Brendan Glasheen, thanks for tuning in to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. We'll talk to you again next week. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.